So let me uh, repeat to you, uh, at least in brief, uh, what the Malbim is saying about that story in the Gemara Baba Metzim with Rabbi Banachmeni. The uh, uh, commentary which the, the Rebbe referred to as Drush Ga'ini, an ingenious Drush. Now, his commentary on that story is part of a much larger commentary, a much larger drasha on several Agadites in Shas. But I'm going to focus only on the highlights of this story and how he interprets it. He interprets it mainly in a metaphoric way that Rabbi Banachmeni indeed was pursued and persecuted by the government and he had to run. He was no longer able to teach. So once he was no, no longer able to engage in this world with other people, with teaching them, he uh, basically removed himself from the physical world and began to delve into the world of spirituality, the, the, the world of his neshama. And he said, that's the, that's the uh, metaphor in the story where it says that Rabbi Banachmeni went outside the city and spent time in the field, in the forests, away from civilization, away from a city. It says um, people that go outside the city, away from civilization, is because they want to spend more time in a secluded area where they can delve into higher spiritual endeavors uh, without being distracted by people and mundane preoccupations of life. Another thing is that Shlomo Melech refers to the body as a city. Ir Kitana, the small city, he calls the body the small city. The Alter Rebbe brings it in Tanya. Going away from the city, meaning that Rabbi Menachmeni basically um, rejected any interest in the physical interest of the body and preoccupied himself strictly with the aspirations of the soul. So much so that the soul became his identity. He identified himself with the pursuits and aspirations of the soul. The body became to him like this foreign thing that was sort of attached to him, but did not define his inner self. It says... This became, um, this, this, this led to the fact that when Rabbi Ben-Achmeni was about to pass away from the world and his body was slowly disintegrating as death evolves over the course of a certain period of time, but it's hours or days, first certain limbs die off and the final, the last organs to give way to life are the heart and the, and the lungs. And he says this um, is the metaphor in the story where Rabbi Banachmeni found himself sitting on a stump, a stump of a tree. As we know, a tree is a metaphor for a human life. The stump of a tree is, a, is something that used to be a full blown tree with leaves and fruits and branches and all of this had been cut away and fallen off 
and all that remained is that stump, that stump which is the base of the entire tree. And he says, in a, in a, in a, it's a metaphor for a person who's beginning to lose all his limbs. That means the body is dying off slowly, and all that remains is only the core organs of life, which is the heart and the, the lungs and the liver, that are still functioning and clinging on to life. In other words, Rabbi Nachmeni was now in a state where he was dying, and the Gemara illustrates how his preoccupation with the Neshama and his identification with, his, with the Neshama world, the Neshama world of aspirations, of spirituality and, and godly pursuits, became his very essence, so much so that he didn't even notice that the body was experiencing a rapid decay, that he was dying. As long as there was life somewhere in the, in the heart, in the lungs, he was totally unaware of what was happening to his body because he was totally steeped in the world of his neshama. And that's what he felt, that's what he was preoccupied with. And in the nimshal, the Talmidim who see the Rabbi, Rabbi Banachmeni, being so aware of his neshama, but totally unaware of his body, his body became something so foreign to him, that no matter what the body was undergoing, he wasn't aware of it. It's like sitting on a stump and still studying Torah. That's what the story says. He was sitting on a stump of a tree and still totally preoccupied with Torah learning. Same thing, Rabbi Nachmeni, all he had left is just the stump of life, his heart and his lungs. But he still, his, his mind was constantly preoccupied with Torah study because he was unaware of what was happening to his body. Now when the students see how the Rebbe is rising to a level of consciousness where the body becomes totally immaterial, so they entertain the question, which the Gemara then proceeds to mention that there was a debate between Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Mesif Tadarekiah. What is this debate about? It's about leprosy, Negoim. Chazal tells us Negoim come as a punishment for certain sins. Moreover, Chazal tells us Negoim sometimes come even for Tzadikim, who don't have, don't suffer from the types of sins that we usually, usually attribute to Negoim, like Lashon Hara. The Gemara says there's seven things that lead to uh, leprosy. Seven Averas. We're talking about Tzadikim that are not shy to those types of Averas, but nevertheless it says in the Gemara and Brochus that sometimes Hashem strikes at Tzadik with Yisurim Shal Ava, suffering of love. Not because he did anything really wrong, but maybe the Tzadik had some slight, very subtle um, imperfection. And because of that, Hashem loves him so much, he wants that tiny, tiny, subtle imperfection to he should be cleansed from that. So he gives him negoim, he gives him leprosy. Now what's the halacha with leprosy? As the Gemara points out, that the halacha is first the skin has to turn white, and then there has to be two white hair growing inside that discolored area of the skin. The halacha is that 
the white hair have to appear on the skin after the skin already turned white. If the two white hair appeared on the skin before the skin turned white, first the white hair appeared, and then the, the, the skin changed color and became white, like leprosy, then it's not tummy. It has to be first the skin turning white, and then within that area, that space where the skin turned white, two hair turning white, appear that are turning white. Then he's tummy. He says, what's the meaning of that? As I said, leprosy is a punishment. When there's two hair growing inside that area of leprosy, white hair is a sign of age. Old age brings white hair, turns people way, people's hair white. It means that the leprosy is ancient, is old. People are not paying attention to the suffering in their lives. And that's why it's growing white hair. And what does Torah say? You have to lock him up and the coin is to come seven days later and see whether it's spread. If it's spread, it means that for seven days, the man is not taking it seriously. He's not taking it to heart to realize that this leprosy came for a reason. He needs to do tshuva for something. He needs to address the cause of this leprosy. The fact that it's spread means that he's even more sinful now because even though Hashem is giving him a clear sign that he needs to do tshuva, he's ignoring it, he's oblivious to it. So the leprosy grows because his evil has grown over the course of those seven days by not paying attention to Hashem's message. And then he's tummy. If the hair grows before the, turn, the two white hair appear, before the skin turns white, then it's not an indication that it's the leprosy that has become old and neglected and unattended to. It's, it's a separate thing. So therefore, it's not tummy. Now, Rabbi his body was disintegrating and he was suffering. But he was unaware of it because he was so in tune with his neshama, he didn't feel the pain and the suffering of his body. They say about great tzaddik, the Majid Tzarebbe, the Rebbe mentioned it once in Asicha, that during the, right before World War II, or between two world wars, he was a great man, he was a great composer of music, the Majid Tzarebbe, Rabshol Yedidia. And he underwent uh, surgery, they had to amputate a leg. I believe that he suffered from uh, diabetes. And he told the surgeon, while the amputation happens, they should not give him any anesthesia. He wants to be totally aware, totally awake. And the doctor couldn't believe it, but that's what he asked for. During the operation, the Rebbe composed one of the most magnificent compositions of his life. It's a 72 stanza on the kinus of Tishabov. The doctor said the man was singing away through the entire amputation, didn't feel a thing. Certain people have the ability to transcend the body and they don't feel any pain because they're totally in, steeped in a spiritual world of the neshama. Semi Rabbi Benachmeni was so steeped in, in the Torah learning, even while he was sitting on a stump of a tree, meaning that his body was falling apart. That the students were wondering 
Is it possible that the Rebbe doesn't feel the pain? If he does feel the pain, then he's guilty like a Metzorah, who is being locked up, and the Tzoras, the leprosy spreads, because he's not taking the message to heart to do tshuva for what he did. The fact that the Rebbe is suffering, and the suffering is not letting off, does that mean that the Rebbe is like someone who has leprosy? And is white here inside the discoloration of the skin. Which means that it's ancient, it's old, the man is neglecting it. Or is it because the reason he's suffering so much is because he doesn't know where? He's not doing tshuva for anything because he doesn't even know that he's suffering. He's not in touch with the body's sensations of pain. That's the question. We're not sure whether the hair, the white hair, came and appeared after the leprosy uh, appeared, which means that the leprosy is old and unattended to, and therefore it's a sign that the person is not, is neglectful of the message Hashem is sending him. He's not doing tshuva for what he needs to do tshuva for. And therefore he's tome. Or is it it's not a sign. The fact that Rabbi Nachman is suffering because he's so out of touch with the body that he doesn't even feel that there is pain there. And that's why he's not doing tshuva for it. And the, there was a debate between Mesifta de Rekia, the heavenly celestial academy, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. The Malbim says the celestial academy is really the level of energy in the heavens that is responsible for the national forces here on earth. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dimension that's closer to the worldly um, energies and forces that govern this world. That means from a natural standpoint, it's impossible for a person to suffer such excruciating pain in his body and he wouldn't feel it. He'll be totally unaware of it. It's not possible. So Mesir Derkia says, ah, if he suffers so much, it means he's not taking it to heart. It's Tomei. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is above nature, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, it's possible for a tzaddik to rise to such a high level where his body no longer plays any role in his conscious life. He doesn't feel it. And they said, who should, who should mediate and who should resolve this question? Rabbi Benachmini himself, because Rabbi Benachmini says, I'm Yochid Benegoim. I'm unique when it comes to suffering. Don't learn from me or don't judge me whether I'm aware of my suffering or not aware. I'm unique in that regard. Most people may not be capable of that. But I, I am different. I'm yochid. I'm unique when it comes to suffering. I'm able to completely shut out the feelings of the body. And I'm yochid ba'aholais. Aholais is the laws dealing with a dead body. Somebody dies in a tent. And there are other things and people inside that tent and how that body confers tumor to them. You know, he's saying that even when he dies, when he was in the throes of death, 
the students still noticed that he was still studying Torah till the last breath of life. They've never seen anything like it. That he's completely oblivious to the dying process of his body. And so what did they... So Rabbi Nachmini said, I'm unique even in that. That even when it comes to my body completely dying, I'm, I, I'm not in touch with it. This is in short, I'm only giving certain highlights of his interpretation, but it's an interpretation that comes part of a much larger discussion of many more details in that story that follow afterwards, and other agadites and other stories in Gemaras and other places, and weaving it together in the most geonish and ingenious way.